Good morning, AWS, and welcome to the AWS Morning Brief. I'm cloud economist Corey Quinn, and I'm going to be in Seattle this week. Reach out if you'd like to grab a cup of coffee or similar. This episode is sponsored in part by Influx Data. If you need a time series database that exists, unlike Amazon Timestream, which is still vaporware, you are almost certainly going to want to check out InfluxDB. They have open source offerings, they have a managed hosted version, and a whole bunch of goodwill on the behalf of the community. Check them out at InfluxData.com and tell them Corey sent you. Now, what happened last week in the wide world of cloud? Excellent question. I'm glad you asked. Amazon Connect announces per-second billing, saving customers up to 5% in telephony costs. Telecoms historically build in six-second increments. The telcos didn't generally gouge people for super short calls, and at a six-second increment, each increment is 10% of a minute. So the math became super easy to represent on a bill. AWS now charges you for the first full minute regardless, and the rest is usually going to come out to around four decimal places of precision in the bill. Remember, you pay to store cost and usage reports by the gigabyte, and there's finally a company that gives worse bills than the telephone company. Amazon EC2 Autoscaling now provides notifications via AWS Health Service. The bigger news here for most of you is that AWS Health Service exists and isn't something I'm making up just to have fun at your expense, right? Amazon EC2 now supports tagging EC2 spot fleet requests. In an ideal world, they'll also wind up applying to the instances that get spun up to fulfill those requests, but I wouldn't count on it without further testing. Amazon ECS now supports AWS Secrets Manager version and JSON keys. Prior to this release, one does wonder just what the hell point there was to having versioning in AWS Secrets Manager at all if various services didn't support or respect it. Amazon FSX now enables you to create and use file systems in shared Amazon Virtual Private Clouds, or VPCs. FSX and shared VPCs are a terrific combination insofar as absolutely nobody understands or fully grasps how either one of those two things works. Amazon LightSail now supports resource monitoring, alarming, and notifications. Every LightSail enhancement that AWS makes brings it closer to being a reimagined and better EC2 but now with 15 years of experience of running EC2 baked into it. At what point does this effectively become EC3? Amazon Managed Cassandra Service now enables you to add new columns to existing tables. Well, someone's two-pizza team has a fifth columnist on it. Other news from the same service, Amazon Managed Cassandra Service quota information is now available through service quotas. I keep forgetting that service quotas exists, which means I'm apparently qualified to run an AWS service team too. Amazon MSK can now stream broker logs to CloudWatch Logs, S3, or Amazon Elasticsearch Service. The right option here from an economic point of view is S3, because everything else costs way more. And once your data lives in S3, you can do an awful lot with it. That brings us to our second sponsor today, Chaos Search. That's right. 
they wind up doing what no one else seems to have thought to do, which is separating out storage from compute in the world of log analytics. They save a giant pile of money by doing that and pass those savings on to you. Your data lives in S3. They have a custom storage format that they wind up querying through containers that live next to that S3 bucket, which means you get the same APIs that you're used to, but now you're able to draw information out at a small fraction of the cost. Remember, when you're running Elasticsearch multi-AZ, ignore data transfer for a second, you're paying 10 cents per gigabyte per month in most regions to store that data. You're paying 2.3 cents per month with S3 and not having to store multiple copies of the same thing and killing cross-AZ requests. Check them out at chaossearch.io and tell them Corey sent you. Announcing 36% faster EBS-optimized performance on additional AWS Nitro system-based Amazon EC2 instances. This is a big win for an awful lot of you, but you may not realize it. You've seen yourself get limited throughput in an EC2 instance, blame the GP2 volumes for not having enough IOPS, spend three times more for IO1 volumes, and don't bother to dig deep enough to realize that the limit that was throttling you this entire time was the instance limit, and you're just setting money on fire by going with IO1. Take a look at this one. AWS Chatbot now supports Amazon CloudWatch metrics and logs. Now you get to quantify exactly how much time you spend talking to robots instead of doing whatever your actual job is. My apologies to you if that actual job is indeed talking to robots. AWS Global Accelerator now supports bring your own IP addresses and resource tagging. They had to sneak that one in there. You can now bring your own IP addresses, specifically a slash 24 or greater, is required for this, to Global Accelerator and stop using AWS's own dwindling pool of IP addresses. They're somehow missing a trick and not charging you for the favor you're doing them by implementing this. AWS IoT Greengrass now supports Advanced Package Tool, or APT, package management. My new favorite operating system thus becomes IoT Greengrass, beating out whatever nonsense CentOS or Amazon Linux are using for package management these days. It used to be yum, now it's DNF, and now I do not care. AWS Step Functions now supports CloudWatch logs for standard workflows. Unless you're Uncle Pennybags, there are no standard workflows that involve step functions. I love the service, but I hate how expensive it makes serverless. AWS X-Ray, now available in AWS GovCloud US regions. Congratulations to the TSA on getting their new X-Ray machine. I don't normally talk about quick starts, but I'm going to make an exception for this one. There's a new quick start to deploy Nubeva TLS Decrypt on the AWS cloud. And this helpful quick start lets you defeat all the TLS security protections that you currently enjoy in the name of compliance. New version of AWS Certified Solutions Architect Associate Exam is now available. Note this release's date. Anything that gets released after February 25th as a service release will not be on the test. Pretend it doesn't exist. Yes, having to remember dates of releases so you get the test right is indeed awful. Amazon FSx for Lustre has an update. Persistent storage for long-term high-performance workloads. You can add another entry to the pantheon of persistent data stores that AWS offers. Uh, please note that this exalted group of persistent storage systems does not include instant storage on spot instances, unqueried items hanging out in SQS, or open S3 buckets that don't belong to you. 
AWS has launched the Activate Founders Package for Startups. With a short 20-question minimum questionnaire on the first page, you can get $1,000 in Activate credits for your bootstrap company because Amazon doesn't appear to know exactly how scarce of a commodity time is for folks building companies in the early stages. Personally, I suggest going through one of the various programs that'll give you $5,000 in credits for about the same level of effort, like Stripe's Atlas program or Brex. They have named a bunch of new AWS heroes, including the first IoT heroes. And this is awesome. I know some of these folks, but others are brand new to me. If you're listening to this and you were just named an AWS hero, please get in touch. I'd love to chat with you. Now available in Amazon Transcribe is automatic redaction of personally identifiable information. Given how personally identifiable my sarcastic tone of voice is, if you run this service on my podcast, you're basically going to just get an empty string coming back. Automating code reviews and application profiling with Amazon Code Guru. I love everything about Amazon Code Guru except for the per line of code pricing model. It suddenly forces engineers to pay attention to a metric that they never had to consider previously and at risk of making a very costly mistake if they get it wrong. This is a problem. Please fix it. And lastly, I missed this one recently. For Repricer Express, which is a company, the best place to run Microsoft workloads is on AWS. That's right. There's an actual blog post on the AWS blog throwing shade at Azure. Good times. Good times. And that's what happened last week in AWS. I'm cloud economist Corey Quinn, and I will talk to you next week. If you've enjoyed this podcast, please leave a five-star review on iTunes. If you've hated this podcast, please leave a five-star review on iTunes, and we will redact the comments. Stay humble.